The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. From the studios of The Shepherd Radio Network, it's Afternoons with Mike. This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. Hey friends, and welcome on the first day after Christmas 2023. So happy to have you along with us. Hope you had a great Christmas day and looking forward to another big holiday weekend this coming weekend as our year is winding down. It's my privilege today to have on the phone with me Steve Giorno. He is a person who is involved in the Young Republicans. He's also an owner of a business, and it is quite an honor. I know you went to Belmont University. I'm not sure exactly if you stayed in the Nashville area. Is that where you're calling from today? Yes, I am. Well, it's great to have you, Steve Giorno. Welcome to the program. Well, thank you very much for having me, and Merry Christmas to you and all your listeners. I hope everyone had a, a wonderful day. Well, you know, I, I did, and I trust that everyone around here did. It was kind of a rainy Christmas day, kind of unusual for Central Florida. We often have nice warm weather, but it's almost uh, rarely, it's rarely rainy like it was yesterday. I'm kind of glad it's over. I see the sun's uh, poking in and out today. Hoping for nicer Central Florida weather than what we've had, but that is, we'll take it, man. It's not snow and ice like a lot of people up north are getting. That's exactly right. Unfortunately, we had some rain too, and today it's cloudy, but it's been in the 60s, so we'll take that. Yeah, that's right. I was hearing that there's not a lot of white Christmas uh, stories that's been going around the country this year. It's a warmer than normal Christmas, apparently. So you have written a book called Outcast. Tell us about it. Yes. So the book Outcast, How the Radical Left uh, Tried to Destroy a Young Conservative, that was actually written by my mother, Gloria Giorno. It's based on my experiences at Belmont University, uh, a small private Christian university in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, and the book is about when I was student body president throughout the year of 2020. And I'm sure you can imagine that it was not a a very easy year, easy year to be a uh, Christian and a Republican when you had so many uh, unfortunate things happening throughout our country. Um, you know, one of the worst experiences in that book was that uh, when I went to get breakfast, uh, there was a female student at Belmont who, because I was a Republican, said she was putting gross stuff in my drinks. Oh my and all goodness! Of it, all of it boiled down to the fact that I refused to endorse the Black Lives Matter organization uh, because I'm a proud American, you know, I'm a, a Christian and I will not support a group that's anti-nuclear family and anti-Christian and pro-Marxist. And on the 4th of July, I said I was proud to be an American in 2020. And that's what really set everyone off. You know, there was a change.org petition made. Uh, I had been removed from my fraternity uh, it was a really unfortunate experience, but it was really eye-opening as to what's happening in our country. Now, you know, so many people have had stories. I think of the young man that was taunted face-to-face -face in D.C., and, and a lot of that was corrected afterwards. What, were any aspects of what happened to you, did anybody ever come up and say, hey, we're sorry, we're sorry, that wasn't right, we shouldn't have done that? Well, there was one person, my, my big in the fraternity, uh, ended up leaving a voicemail and apologizing. Uh, but unfortunately, you know, the damage was it, was, it was already done and my reputation was already attacked. I had, you know, when I had to be on campus as student body president uh, for the fall semester of 2020, I had to be there uh, with a police officer from Belmont because so many students had made threats and said, if we see you on campus, we're going to attack you. And those students today are still believing in the same things they're believing in. You know, I saw a few uh, of those students posted in favor of Hamas yeah. and Palestine uh, over Israel. You know, what the people who supported BLM in 2020 are the same people supporting Hamas today. Now, that is a great insight right there. There's no difference. Really I mean, it's the same... Uh, the kind of visceral approach that they're taking against those. But uh, the 
the group has changed somewhat or the target has changed, but the people behind it, the same. That's exactly right. And it's our job as my job as, you know, chairman of the young Republicans in the state of Tennessee to help young people kind of see through the lies that those people who are in BLM and those people supporting Hamas uh, are talking about because it's the future of our country here. And I would never want anyone, whether they're a conservative or a liberal, to go through what I went through in college, you know, to not feel safe going to class and not be able to have a normal experience, you know, regardless of what you believe, this is America and our freedoms and rights should be protected to believe in whatever religion we want to believe in and to say whatever we want to say and not have to fear uh, of reprisal from anyone. Now, Nashville is such a center for so many people's good feelings about music, and you even went to Belmont, which is a home for one of the nation's premier music programs. Would you feel that what happened to you there, is that out of character for that part of the country? Unfortunately not. I think that we just don't hear about it when it happens. Um, You know, we've got so many young people who think like I do that are scared to say what they believe. And that's at every college in the country because they don't want to be attacked on social media. They don't want to have threats made against them. They just want to graduate and get a job and be able to have a family and kids. And unfortunately, we're in a time now to where we cannot be silent anymore because we've been silent for so long and the other side has gotten to be able to do things without repercussions and without any consequence. So the the pendulum has kept swinging their way further and further. And it's time that everyday average people just stand up and say enough is enough. And this is not the country that we want to live in. It's, it's dangerous to, to us and dangerous to our way of life. It is, it's dangerous. And, you mentioned that incident about where it was threatened that they were adding things to your food or your drinks that you would order. Did any of that actually ever happen, or do you have proof it of did. that? It did. So I have a great, the great thing about Tennessee is that it's a single party consent state, which means that you're allowed to record and take screenshots. So we have audio recordings that my mother put in her book Outcast. We have screenshots, including the one of the student texting in the college Democrat group text saying, I've been putting gross stuff in his drinks whenever he's come into the store. And actually, I turned that female student into Belmont. You know, I turned her into the administration. Uh, You know, the administration knew what was going on. And you'll never believe what they did when they had all the screenshots and all the proof. And at the time, this female student was a senior. Well, a few weeks after I turned her in, Belmont University actually accepted her into law school. No way. She, yep. She started attending law school. She does not attend it anymore. Fortunately, you know, we don't need people like her becoming lawyers. We don't need people like that becoming doctors. That's exactly why in 2020, we were in such a, such a difficult situation with the bureaucrats Mm -hmm. and all those people deciding that they could determine what jobs were essential and, what jobs were. And I've got to say, you know, to someone who has a family and has to pay bills, I'm pretty sure their job is essential, regardless of what it is. You know, if it's putting food on the table, it's pretty essential to them. Mm -hmm. The government shouldn't be able to shut it down. You know, it's one thing for groups in a college to be kind of turning the blind eye to reason and just executing their narrative, their plan, the way that young lady did. But it's another thing for the administration to hear that and know that and not respond. What would be your explanation for that? Well, particularly at Belmont, you know, Bob Fisher, who was the former university president, he has since retired, you know, he actually endorsed the Black Lives Matter organization in 2020. Uh, So that was very disappointing. You know, of all the student leaders and faculty and admin leaders, I was the only one who refused to endorse them because it's just not a good organization, but unfortunately, so many people were scared and they didn't want to create controversy and they just wanted to fly under the radar that they just accepted whatever the the other side was saying, even if they thought it was wrong. I mean, you know, that one student I told you about who apologized to me in the voicemail he left, he said, hey, I know what we did was wrong. We just tried to, you know, avoid all the, the controversy and the negative coverage. And unfortunately, we have so many people now that want to avoid 
controversy and want to avoid standing up for what we all know to be right because they're scared mm-hmm. of what people are going to say and how they'll be judged. And, you know, I think we've got to bring back a culture where people are not afraid to be judged by other people and are only afraid to be judged by God. And that's something that we're truly missing, particularly in my generation, is that, you know, we just we're fearful of what other people think and say about us. And yeah. that's something that we cannot we cannot sustain that. You know, your generation has definitely come under fire by so many people as uh, kind of given in to this. And yet I see vestiges of young people kind of returning to old fashioned values. Do you see that at all? I do. I think we're going to have the pendulum swing in favor because look at what's going on in our country. I mean, crime is through the roof, you know, particularly in Nashville and Memphis and Tennessee. It's just so unfortunate that these beautiful cities are being destroyed. And then you have ridiculous inflation rates. So young people will never be able to buy a house at this rate. Uh, you have the housing market. Those what's going on with that. It seems to be only going up in Tennessee as everyone from California and Illinois and New York's moving here. I'm sure you all have the same thing in Florida. And so I think what we can see is that the policy is working right now and the culture of our country is not something that people want to live in. You know, so many people are scared to get married and have kids because they don't know what kind of world their kids are going to live in. And so unless we change something very quickly, uh, you know, I, I don't see us going down a very favorable path unless we have some very radical changes uh, in returning this country to a traditional Christian conservative country. Now, on that point, a lot of people have uh, said on this program before, as I've interviewed, I don't know how many people, there's a lot that would believe that we've crossed that center line and that the future is not very bright for America. Where are you on that? Well, I think if we continue going on the same path, it will not be great. However, I think we've got so many people, young and old, who have realized what's gone on is unacceptable and are kind of getting a awaken and not woke. I love that phrase. You know, people are waking up to what's going on mm-hmm. and they're encouraging their friends at church, their family, uh, people they work with to get involved in the political process. You know, we had we've had record turnouts in the past few presidential elections, which I think is a good thing. Mm-hmm. You know, people should be getting out and voting. You know, my grandparents grew up in a communist country in Yugoslavia in the 1950s. They escaped. Uh, but, you know, one of the things they did in the communist countries is they take away religion and they take away your right to vote. You know, it's just uh, it's a terrible thing that goes on. And unfortunately, we're headed in that direction. You know, look at China today. I mean, we don't want to live in a country like that where we have no ability to choose our leaders, no ability to speak out. And we can't let our country become like that because so many good people have died and sacrificed so that we could be here and we should not squander their sacrifice. What do your classmates that you attended alongside in Nashville, what reasoning would they have for what you referred to as the woke movement, the Black Lives Matter movement that was there when you were in college at Belmont? What was their thought about all of the stuff that was going on? Were they only just blinded by the George Floyd incident, or were they thinking at all about the long-term ramifications of some of the stands that BLM took? No, not at all. You know, what I think happened was they saw what was going on on social media. They saw, you know, that awful video of George Floyd, which was very sad, and, you know, I'm pro-life. And it's very sad, you know, anytime someone dies. Um, But what happened after was completely unacceptable, you know, with the riots and more innocent people getting killed. You know, that's just something that uh, we need law and order in this country. And so many friends of mine from Belmont were actually protesting downtown. Uh, You know, there were a few riots in Nashville, which, you know, someone set fire to our courthouse. And the entire time, Many of the the students at Belmont said, oh, well, systemic racism and this and that. And unfortunately, they were blinded by what they were seeing on social media, which mm-hmm. I don't think they understand that, you know, anyone can post anything on social media. It doesn't mean it's necessarily true. So they were seeing all these fake stats and that just drummed up their hatred for our country. 
but our country has given them and you and I and all the listeners here today have given us all the opportunities we've achieved in our life and gives us the freedom that so many people don't understand. You know, my grandfather had to escape Yugoslavia and come to this country legally because the communist government, Josef Tito, who was the dictator, was so terrible. And so many people don't understand real hardship. You know, we've had it pretty easy as young people in America. You know, we've had smartphones our entire lives. Yeah, we've right. had the government pay for college, you know, for those who get student loans. We've had so much government in our lives, um, where in other countries, you know, if you're hungry, you starve to death. But in America, you get fed and you get free housing. And if, especially if you're an illegal immigrant nowadays. Yeah. That's got to really go against the heart of so many hardworking students when they turn around and they've paid off their college debt. I know my son and my kids, they all worked and there was no college debt for them that was lingering beyond, but they worked hard to make that happen. And now you have this move for debts to just summarily be dismissed. That's got to really fly in the face of a lot of hardworking students. That's exactly right. You know, just, just the same argument can be made with all these people who are not waiting their turn and coming properly into this country. You know, it's really unfortunate because you have good people that are following the rules and doing what they're supposed to do. And instead of being rewarded for doing the right thing, uh, they're being punished. Wow, and it's exactly yeah. the same with, with colleges. Tell us about uh, Senator Marsha Blackburn. I know you worked with her. I had her on my program at a conference a couple of years back. What was that like, and how did that shape you into the person that you are today working for the young Republicans? Well, it was, uh, it was a great experience. You know, I had the privilege of working for her for about two years after I graduated in 2021. And, you know, we're very grateful for all the things that she does for our state. You know, we moved here from Chicago. We're originally from Chicago, but about 10 years ago, my parents decided enough was enough and they had had it with what was going on in our neighborhood and throughout the city. And so we got to come to a state that wanted people like us, you know, Christian and conservative. Uh, she does a great job in D.C. and she's very supportive of uh, the young Republicans. And we're very grateful for that. And it was, uh, I would not be where I'm at without having worked for her. And she taught me a lot and very grateful for it. Oh, that's great. Well, it's been great to have you on the program today. How can people get a hold of the book, Outcast, that was written by your mom? Yep. So there are two different ways. One uh, is on Amazon. And second, you can get it on her website, uh, GloriaGiorno.com. And if you get it on her website, um, we'll sign a copy and mail it to you. Uh, and that can be, uh, I believe it's $40 on both Amazon and her website. And, and Giorno so is spelled G-I-O-R-N-O. Yes. All right, Steve Giorno, I would love to have you back on the program in the future. It's great to talk with you. Thank you for the hard work that you're doing, not only for the young Republicans there in Tennessee, but for our nation as a whole. Well, thank you very much. I hope you have a great day and Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And to you. And we'll be right back. This is Afternoons with Mike. You're on The Shepherd. EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat serves all your comfort needs. With over 40 years experience, EC Waters is a top train comfort specialist, earning customers for life with integrity. No wonder EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat has earned a 4.6 or higher out of 5 rating and reviews across all major online platforms. For all your comfort needs, Call 407-603-9144 or visit ecwaters.com. Palm Beach Atlantic University Orlando offers three distinct areas of study. An evening Master's of Science in Clinical Mental Health Counseling, an evening Bachelor's of Science in Human Services, and our new Daytime Bachelor's of Science in Nursing. All of our courses are offered at our beautiful campus on Millennia Boulevard. For more information or to schedule a tour, call 844-PBA-ORLANDO. That's 844-PBA-ORLANDO. Back again now with a familiar voice. I've got Wayne White on the phone. He's from Central Florida, actually, up in the uh, Villages area, south of Ocala. Wayne, it is great to have you with us. Well, I appreciate the opportunity. I know you're an author. You're a person that has served our country. 
uh, in the military, as I recall, right? Correct. And I know that you are one that speaks and writes on kind of the state of America. And quite frankly, if a person only was, was exposed to, let's say, the evening news or reading headlines, even in any newspaper, it wouldn't take long for them to, to kind of get the feel that there's something going on with this movement called the progressive left that is going a different direction than historically what those of us that are older have seen in our lifetimes. Would, wouldn't that be a fair way to say that? One of my favorite expressions, and I did speeches about it for years, is ever who controls the input controls the outcome. In other words, propaganda. Mm. And as you know and alluded to, uh, the news media is controlled by the left. Education is controlled by the left. Even entertainment is controlled by the left. So when you have that much propaganda going out, it's easy for people to get a different perception of what America is. And that is exactly what we've seen over the last 50 years. Now, when you say propaganda, that is a term that is so familiar to those of us that are older. We heard that from Russia and communist China uh, growing up. In today's world, you don't really hear that term as often. Uh, Is that your thought as well? Well, yeah, there's a lot of terms. And actually, propaganda is probably uh, my better known for the Nazis. Um, Goebbels was very uh, influential with that. And uh, so, yeah, you you don't hear that word used. That's just like you don't hear the word communism used. And the reason is, That's right. yeah, the, the communists don't want you using that word because you can relate to that. It's hard to relate to Marxism because no country in the world, as we've discussed before, really calls itself a Marxist. Uh, Cuba calls itself a communist country. Russia, a communist country. China refers to itself as a communist country run by the Communist Party. People understand communism. But they don't quite understand. They understand it's a philosophy, but they can't relate to it and point their finger and say, that's evil. When you mention communism, it's easy easy to say that that is evil and there's no freedom. Well, growing up, I could not ever have imagined that we would see a day in America where a major political uh, uh, candidate, even for the office of president, would refer to himself as a socialist. And yet that is very commonplace today. So how would you see from your studies and your use of terms, how do those terms line up, Marxism and socialism? Well, they're one and the same. In my opinion, the difference is Marxism is a a philosophy and communism is the implementation of that philosophy. And socialism is the camel's nose under the tent. Again, nobody wants to use the word communism. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I have talked about is, and, and wrote about in my book, The Decline of America, is in the 40s, uh, Hollywood was very anti-communist. A lot of movies, a lot of TV shows were about communism. But they took over Hollywood, and it had such an adverse effect when they were talking about communism in Hollywood and making movies about it that they totally took over the Screen Actors Guild back in the 1930s and 40s and and just did away with that. Uh, You can't name me a mover, a major movie in which communism uh, was the villain. Today it's Republicans and corporations and, uh, you know, uh, white supremacists. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, just generally speaking, the, the world seems to be fixated against the former president. And that is something that, you know, I know that thing people aren't perfect. He's not perfect, but uh, it's very clear that this is a, a very targeted attack that's going on right now in our country. And you're right. I mean, it, it, and even the church, the church has not been absent from that uh, targeting either. Well, they've been infiltrated. And let me tell you, the more they target Trump, it's because they're scared to death of him because he's, he's not a politician that can be bought. And my next book is about the money behind communism and 
the uh, goal of ruling the entire world. And again, if you want to understand communism, uh, you ought to do a show on, and I think I told you this before, look up the 1963 uh, goals of communism, yes, which were entered, that. yeah, which were entered into unanimously into the congressional records and go down that list and, and just take three or four of the items and see if they're being done, you know, taking over the schools, uh, you know, uh, keeping kids away from their parents, uh, tearing down statues, just go down that list. And, and anybody that supports that knowingly or unknowingly is supporting communism. And I mean, that's what upsets me. They gave us a playbook and said, here's what we're going to do in 1963. Actually, it's from a book written in, in uh, 1958, uh, you know, and they gave us a playbook and we have ignored it for 70 years and now we're paying the price. Well, you know, you that know. very thing has gone on in our history before with things like the abortion uh, debate back in the 70s and ultimately ending with Roe v. Wade being passed. And, and now almost 50 years later, that was undone. This move, though, is so well-rooted in this day and age, maybe to the point of, of so much more rooting and, and effect and, like you said, propaganda and indoctrination that they're able now to take, even though they were slapped with that loss of Roe v. Wade, it didn't take them long for them to come up with a new plan. And that's what they're doing. That's what recently happened in Ohio, where now it's put on the ballot and this whole thing that even the president talked about codifying it into state law. It, that's what's happening right now. And it's, gonna, it's coming to Florida next year. Well, I'll tell you an interesting thing that has bugged me for years about abortion in a country, any country, with the kind of a problems that a, a country has, whether it's economic or uh, racism or education, all the problems we have for anybody to say, I'm going to vote for this guy because he believes in abortion. Abortion affects less than one-tenth of a percent of women in this country. Mm -hmm. It's ridiculous. Why would you vote? on things that are going to affect the entire country based on one-tenth of one percent. That's, that's the number of people, uh, the number of people that are eligible for votes, I mean, for uh, an abortion, yeah. is very small. Yeah. But the number of people that actually have an abortion, nobody's brought those statistics up. And it, it, it really makes you look like an idiot when you say, I'm going to vote for this person based on that one thing. And we have people doing that. And it, it just boggles my mind right. with all the problems we have in America that you're going to vote for any, whether it's a dog catcher or a presidential, uh, you know, someone running for president. To, to base your vote only on that is, I, I just don't understand it. And I think it's because nobody's pointed that out, that it, that it really is ridiculous. that you, if, if you're doing that, and I don't mean to insult anybody. But honestly, if you're doing that, you ought to wear a T-shirt that says, I'm dumb because I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. But you, how do you do that with all the problems we have going on in America right now? It just, I don't understand it. And I apologize if I hurt anybody's feelings. But I think if you look at it and really analyze it yourself, you would go, why am I doing that? Well, clearly we're being sold what my dad used to call a bill of goods. I mean, it's it's not really what it seems. It's following a almost well-crafted script. All of the major anchors, they'll often use the exact words, the same phrases. And I even saw, Wayne, I was reading something yesterday about the history that included Margaret Sanger, uh, who was the leader behind the whole movement that became Planned Parenthood. And it, it did not say that she was a major proponent for abortion. What it said was she fought and was a warrior for women's health and reproductive rights. I mean, that is a marketing A-plus job right there to take the abortion message and call it reproductive rights. Oh, absolutely. It's, they, have, they have changed the meaning of so many words that it's, it's pathetic. You know, that's like peaceful riots when 
there's burning buildings behind the guy saying it is <laughs> leaves a little bit to the imagination, but they are great at, at changing words. Uh, you know, and, and there again, I don't know if you're aware of this. I may have mentioned it to you before, but actually in the 1940s, because communism was getting so much heat at one of their annual meetings, they decided to change the word communism to progressive. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's, that's why you hear the word progressive. Now it sounds like forward thinking, blah, blah, blah. And nothing could be further from the truth. You know, uh, they, propaganda works. Let me give you another great example. No country, no major country in the world has given more rights and protected Muslims more than America. And yet Russia doesn't have a problem with Muslims. They don't get, uh, you know, too many terrorist attacks. They had one in a school uh, by the Chechens, what, 10, 12, 15 years ago. But yet we're the, we're the Satan. And yet here in America, Muslims have the same religious rights as anybody else. And we don't, we don't take uh, Muslims and turn them into slaves like Russia does. Mm. But because of pure propaganda put out by the communists and funded by, we won't even go into that, uh, we're, we're, the, we're the Satan. And it, it, again, is whoever controls the input controls the outcome. Yeah, that's right. You can see why I I get it, Wayne. Why a lot of people they hate the topic of politics because it is so visceral right now to hear people talk about if you have an opposing viewpoint to what the newscasters have, you're a villain. You're you're horrible. We can't just turn a blind eye to it. We're going to have to get engaged at some level and say, you know, either we're going to have what we've had in America or we're not, and we're going to go the way of Venezuela, of Cuba, we're going to go that direction if it's not really guarded over. Well, we're we're almost there, and I was just sitting here thinking, Mike, uh, I'd hate to see some of the emails you get uh, because I'm sure you're under attack. But you know that's the problem. If you're a conservative, uh, you're against democracy, and that's like Trump. One of the reasons that Trump is so hated is because he can't be bought and paid for. I don't care who gets elected, and I, I have my doubts that any Republican uh, is going to get elected because you don't run somebody as bad as Biden if you don't know you've got the election rigged. So, And the other thing is almost everybody running against him, uh, I like to call him a carbon copy. In fact, I was thinking of an ad that said, you know, why vote for a copy when you can get the original, meaning Trump? But the other thing is almost every one of them, if you look at them, can be bought. Uh, you take Nikki Haley. Uh, her husband and her are very big in the military uh, industrial complex. They've made millions off of it. So you don't think if she gets in power that that she can be bought and paid for? And it's just, you know, my new book covers Who's financing all of this? And unfortunately, in regards to what you're saying, I hate to say it, and I hate to be a pessimist, but I think the world is lost because the world literally is being controlled by a large group of people that want to rule it. And they want to give us everything. Uh, The World Economic Forum has a slogan, uh, you won't own anything and you'll be happy. Yeah. The problem is once they give it to you, they don't keep it up. I mean, you go to Cuba, it's sad. I've been there twice. I've talked to people there. Uh, we just ignore what's going on in this country. And we, let me give you one other good example of who really is in control. Do you honestly think that Hezbollah, even Iran, has the power and the organization and that kind of money to cause worldwide protest against Israel. No, there's only one group that is that large and controls that much and has unbelievable access to money, and that's the Communist Party. These are not uh, pro-Hamas. These are anti-American communist organizations that fund these things and put these people together. I did see, but they kind of have taken them down now, some protests with the uh, 
flag they're flying with the hammer, or not the hammer and sickle, but the raised fist that communism used. Mm. But here we are saying, oh, this is, this is Hamas and blah, blah, blah. And right here in America, where you're supposed to not protest or have racism or anti-anything, uh, they're anti-Jew. They're really anti-America. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we've seen that even over the weekend. I read in the, uh, the news today that over the weekend, steps were defaced leading up to the Lincoln Memorial in Washington with anti-Semitic slogans about Palestine, free Palestine, etc., Listening to you, you're not overly optimistic that things are going to be different in 2024 than what they were in 2020. No, I would be very surprised. Now, if Trump got in office, again, he's a true American and he can't be bought. And so he and he's not a politician. That's why he's not polished. I mean, you know, most politicians don't say anything uh, unless uh, a, a bunch of staff people approve it, you know. And, and and they've been doing it for years. Well, he hasn't. He's been a businessman. But just very quickly, I saw an interview of him back in the 80s. And he warned us about China. And he warned us about things that are happening today. And the interviewer said, have you ever thought about running for president? He said, no, I'm a businessman. This was in the 80s. Yeah. Do you realize yeah. how far? He must have been in his 30s. Yeah. You know, I mean, this this guy is truly an American, but as a businessman, he's had to work with the Democrats, he's had to buy them, and he admits that. And they can be bought. Mm-hmm. And probably Republicans too, don't get me wrong, it's it's bad on both sides. But it's sad what's going on, but unfortunately, I don't know how in a country that allows free speech, but it, it's not supposed to allow treasonous speech, but they use that now to beat us and as long as they can do what they're doing under the name of free speech, uh, I, I don't see how, how do you take over the, the uh, teachers union, one of the largest, if not the largest uh, lobbying groups in, in the United States? Uh, how do you get the schools back? How right. do you get the news back? Because the minute you try, you, you can't. They'll go to court and say, you're, you're, you're taking away our right of free speech. What is the website that we can go to to find out about your book? Uh, AmericaDecline.com or .net. And it's also available on Amazon, Decline of America by H. Wayne White. And I recommend that people read it and give it away because the more people that read it, I cover it from the 1900s, how we got here. All right. Wayne, it's great to have had you on the program again today. Hope you had a Merry Christmas and have a very happy New Year. Okay, Wayne? Same to you, and God bless you, my friend. All right, and we'll be back in a moment. This is Afternoons with Mike. Pastors and financial leaders, do you need expert accounting or tax help? Do you have payroll or 1099 questions? Do you need a ministry expert to help you acquire real estate for your next project? If the answer is yes, yes, and yes, visit PetraWorldwide.org. Petra Worldwide has been strengthening ministries to transform humanity since 2007. Visit PetraWorldwide.org or call 855-481-9095. It's the Tuesday edition of Afternoons with Mike following the big Christmas weekend. Hope you and your family made some extra special memories this year. Of course, the big New Year's Eve weekend coming right up. And uh, we are so excited about some of the things that's happened in 2023. Obviously, this is the year that we joined up with Dave Ramsey, and he's on. He'll be following me today. And I know that you've enjoyed this program coming to us every day for three hours. It's also been a great year for interviews with people in the business world in 2023. One of them is Howard Partridge. He's an author of The Monday Morning Christian, and he had some sage advice for all business people. So much fun to talk to a guy who is not only a wise man from a standpoint of business. Operate that business on the principles of God. My goodness, the sky opens up, right? Yes. The wisdom of God will help us with our business more than I think many people imagine. God's way is still the best way, always will be the best way. But I think that most people just don't know how to walk in that. They don't. 
And, you know, we were talking about uh, uh, people who like what maybe have happened to you when you were first married. There's a nominal sense to their walk with God. They may even go to a Sunday morning service. But when that service is over, uh, so functionally is their observance of God's law, God's word, God's principles. When you write this book called The Monday Morning Christian, tell us what the difference would be in a Sunday morning Christian and a Monday morning one. My publisher actually asked me to write this book, and this book is completed, it's published, it's available. And when he asked me if I would write it, obviously I was honored, I was humbled, and I said, well, let me let me look at it. And I started working on the framework, and it literally my, just started pouring out of me. And um, I realized that there's a similar path for a believer from salvation to maturity as there is for a leader in business. And so I started working with this uh, framework and the, I came up with the, the, the difference between a, there's a, the difference between a Sunday morning Christian and a Monday morning Christian is there's actually two types of Sunday morning Christians. The, the one type is, yeah, I go to church, but I don't really understand my faith. I don't understand I don't understand it all. I, I, I'm saved, so I check off the box and and uh, but I'm weak. I, I don't I don't I, I'm not like those other Christian people. I, I, I don't have any power, so to speak. I, I you know, I don't know the Bible and all these kinds of mm-hmm. things. And the sad thing is is that if people like that understood that not only can they have eternal life, eternal salvation, but they can also have an abundant life while they're here on this earth that, and understand that God has a plan and a purpose for you and that the Holy Spirit is inside of you and wants to live through you. It's a powerful thing. The second uh, type of Sunday morning Christian, unfortunately, is the religious person, the mm. person who Maybe they're really excited about being saved. Maybe they're 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 overly religious and and feel like they have to do a lot of works and 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 they look good on Sunday morning, smell good, they 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 sound good, uh, and lot, use a lot of these and nows and and all these kinds of things. But there's their walk doesn't match up with that, mm. and that's what happened to me. I I was so excited when I came to know the Lord. I mean, it literally it it just lifted a weight off of my shoulder and I was so excited. It was like I found this new pot of gold and I wanted everybody, I mean, my motive was was pure. I wanted other people to to know and find what I found. And so I would show up at a business lunch that someone I'd never met before and I got my big, fat, large print Bible, and I couldn't wait for that conversation to turn toward Jesus so I could show him this passage and that passage. And, you know, and, I, and I, even my wife, I mean, she grew up Catholic, and, and, and I told her, you know, you got to have a, a saving knowledge of Christ, and you got to get saved. And I'd read the Bible to her and follow around the house. You have to know my wife. But finally, she turned to me, and she said, Howard, uh, look. I might be Catholic and stupid, but I do know one thing, that Jesus was a single man. And if you want to be like him and live by, like him, that can be arranged. Mm. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard that one before. <laughs> I immediately thought of something I heard one time that, okay, preach the gospel, if necessary, use words. Yes, right. right. <laughs> My mentor, because, I mean, I would preach it anything anything, anybody, anything that moved. And my, uh, thank goodness for my mentor, because he said, Howard, look, you got the greatest message in the world. I mean, there's no greater message than the salvation message, right? That's right. But your delivery, your delivery needs some work. Yep. Yep. So then, then I began to understand that as we mature in Christ, uh, we have a consistent walk because we understand our salvation. Uh, we understand that, that the Holy spirit is inside of us and it's, it's actually Christ who lives through us. And there's a process of walking 
by the Spirit, which is how do you become a consistent believer is allow God to live through you. Walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. Mm -hmm. Obviously, everybody sins, and some to a greater degree than others, I'm sure, probably. But the thing is, is that what happens when you understand your identity in Christ, you understand that you've been saved, you've been set free, you've been redeemed, you've been transferred from the domain of darkness into the kingdom of light, that you've literally been transformed into a new creature that mm. the old has passed away. You've been forgiven. You're filled with You could be filled with the Holy spirit. You can, you can activate the Holy spirit any time of the day or night that God is in you. Wow. Mm. And so then comes the second part of it is the sanctification part. The sanctification part. When, because the battle, as Paul talked about in Romans 7, the battle within, the mind, the will, and the emotion, uh, the mind and the emotion are battling and will standing there saying, okay, well, when y'all are done, I'll do something or not do something. And it's a matter of allowing the Holy Spirit to sanctify us and we have a more consistent walk. So in the book and in the training, uh, we go from success to, uh, I'm sorry, from uh, from salvation to sanctification to success. What does success look like? A mature walk in Christ. And then significance is is that mm -hmm. as you've walked with God and you've walked with Christ for, for a number of years, uh, then, and you've given out and you, you've allowed him to work through you personally and professionally, you're going to leave a legacy of significance. What do you see yeah. as the number one problem with Christians who are in business, their owners? What is it that they are doing that's putting them kind of in the same place of failure that people who aren't of faith find and experience? Well, there's one international language that everybody understands, and that is love. That is love. The problem is, is that just like we don't understand who we are in Christ, we don't understand our position. So we le le we live and lead out of our condition rather than our position. That affects our leadership, and we get clues from the world mm -hmm. that uh, corporate America, this is how you manage. This is how you lead. Well, uh, corporate America has 70% uh, of American workers are disengaged. 18% are actively disengaged, which means that they hate their job. Listen, I was a terrible leader and I was a Christian. I didn't understand leadership. And you know, you can really lean toward the law. You can get real legalistic. Mm -hmm. As an old preacher said one time, you know, there's this whole idea of, of telling the truth and love. And he says, you know, the truth without love is brutal. But love or, or truth without love is uh, a love without truth is sentimental. Mm -hmm. So truth without love is brutal. And that's what I was doing. Just do what I say to do. And we never have been trained on leadership. I learned so much from my years with John Maxwell and leadership. And so we go from our identity in Christ, our identity as a leader, uh, what a leader does, uh, leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. And we learn to, to, to lead with love. And because of that, and we get our insights, the book of Proverbs is full of wisdom for the Christian business owner. It really and is. Then, and then as a result of living that, then you have a tremendous impact in people's lives. Hmm. You know, the amazing thing is, is that small business can have more impact in people's lives than just about any other, you know, institution. Now, the media, unfortunately, has so much uh, power and control only because we let the media mold our mind. If we would shut that off and get into God's word and love other people, People are starving. 
the fact that they'll they'll as i mentioned earlier in the broadcast just that little bit of encouragement of having the phenomenal talk with them that nobody even stopped to say hello much less had some kind of talk like that with them mm -hmm. imagine if every day when they came into work that there was an environment a loving godly environment that they got to work in. And that's why you have people like Karen who are, you know, or how I have people like Karen who just want to volunteer because they believe in what we're doing so much. So as leaders, we have to lead. My my personal definition of leadership is that leadership is effectively communicating your vision. Effectively communicating is is the challenge, mm -hmm. right? Because different personality styles, you got different uh, values that people come in with. People have to be developed and they have to be developed according to the uh, the vision that you have, the mission, the values, the purpose. This is uh, who we are as a team. This is where we're going. This is why we're going there. Mm -hmm. And so we have to, Chick-fil-A didn't just uh, get a bunch of 17-year-olds to show up and, and voila. No, they have leadership training. As Dan Cathy uh, told Tom Ziegler and I uh, in person one time in a small group that we had together. We were doing some legacy videos for Zig. And he said, we take 17-year-old uh, um, teenagers and we, treat, we teach them how to treat other people and say, my pleasure, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, yes, sir, no, sir. Mm -hmm. And we turn them into... Um, leaders, leadership wow. training. And they've and done the, it. Yeah, is most, even someone who's a godly person, if, if we haven't been trained in business, we haven't been trained in leadership, then uh, we're not going to be as effective as we could. And as a believer, I changed the subtitle of this book. My publisher called it The Monday Morning Christian, How to Live Out Your Faith at, at Work. And I changed it to how living out your faith in business leads to phenomenal success. I would like for everybody on this podcast, first of all, go to Amazon, get the book, The Monday Morning Christian, The Monday Morning Christian, How Living Out Your Faith in Business Leads to Phenomenal Success. You will love it. Thank you so much, Howard Partridge, my guest today. Friends, stay safe. We'll see you next time on Afternoons with Mike. <music>